The following commentary does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to Boston Neighborhood Network, 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Massachusetts, 02119. To arrange a time for your own commentary, you can call WBCA at 617-708-3241, or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Hi, I'm your host, Larry Larry Higginbottom, and you're listening to W. BCA 102.9 FM. Again, listen, listen to WBCA 102.9. Name of our, our program is called Observation from the Trenches. That's right. Observation from the Trenches. Well, speak about things that I see out here that is affecting my community, namely American-born blacks. Again, disparaging no group, against no group, no actually grind against no group. You know why I focus on my group? Because right now, no group, in my humble opinion, need an, an advocate or someone to speak on, on their behalf more, than, more so than American-born blacks or ADOS, as I identify as, American descendant of slavery. Yep. We have been totally removed from the table of intervention. Everybody is receiving support receiving programs aimed at them but us. We have been lumped into people of color, which we are not. We're not immigrants. What brought them here is not why how we got here. We didn't fight in the spirit of white racism for 400, 40, 400 plus years since 1619. And since emancipation is 157 years from 1865 to now. And we are, according to economists, on the verge of becoming a permanent underclass. And for many, we are already here. We're already there. No wealth. They are predicting by the year 2053, which is 30 years from now, that the but the American-born blacks will be a permanent underclass. We've always been on the bottom since we arrived here. And I believe it's time for us to do some self-inspection. It's time for to look at ourselves to see what we are doing to hurt and hinder ourselves. I contend that in the last 50 years since King was murdered, that we, many of us, have, have, have developed some terrible habits that are counterproductive to individual growth, growth and also community, community growth. So I want to just put out here in the atmosphere why I believe self-inspection is critical to stop the hemorrhaging that has been occurring in our community for the last 30, 30 years. What do you You see him on YouTube. You see him on on like TikTok. You see him on, on, on these different platforms. You see how women and men are behaving, how they how they're conducting themselves. And what's so uh just uh just relief to me is that our ancestors, those born in the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties, or seventies, would never tolerate this nonsense, would never tolerate tolerate this stuff here. Never engage in this nonsense. But now it's become the norm. It's become the end thing. So to me, no group in America needs more attention than black America. Again, I am against no group. I am not no actually grind against no group. I don't, I, I don't disparage any group. I'm not against no group. I'm not point, pointing fingers. I'm just focused on my group because why? I, our group is on life support. 
No, my group, I think, have flatlined. Many of our people, the truth be told, we be honest with ourselves, right? Are not going to fail well in America. Neither, 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 are the, neither are their children. It's because of the behaviors that they have adopted these last 20, 30 years. They're not conducive to personal growth or community growth. And in fact, it aids in the bed you being, what, annihilated, eliminated from anything constructive or productive, being incarcerated for long periods of time during your youth, being murdered or getting murdered. It does nothing, these habits that we have developed in the last 30 years. And the reason why I want to also focus on my group, when I really think about us, right? God bless us. Black Americans are a group that's given the most to America, yet got nothing back. We've fought in every war this country ever had, got nothing back. We are the most law and devoted of all the immigrants here, of all the folks who so-called immigrants here. We are the most law and devoted despite being terribly treated. Terribly treated. We are the most law and devoted despite all that. And in the last 30, 40 years, we have embraced on some behaviors that are counterproductive to our own individual and collective growth. So I want to just probably put out an atmosphere why I am convinced it's time for some self-inspection. Now, we know the white community is going to be the white community. They're going to always do what's in their best interest. And this, that is right to maintain power and control. As I said many times, disparaging nobody, not, not even the Caucasian community, America is owned by the white community. They own all the wealth and control all the resources. All the institutions are theirs. The regs that govern those institutions, the bylaws, all right, are theirs, written through from their sense of right and wrong written from their sense of what things, how things should go. This is their country, bottom line. And none of these immigrants who come here are coming to change that reality or that paradigm. When you go to Jamaica, who runs that? Jamaican. You go to South Africa, who runs that? South African. England, who runs, who runs it? The English. When you come to America, who runs this here? The white community. So despite folks talking about diversity, multiculturalism, right, Inclusion, social justice, all those so-called, what I call, frivolous terms, frivolous terms. This country is owned and controlled by the white community, period. It's what you own and control in America that counts, and we own nothing. Although we're here from day one, all right, when America, what I call up and coming, untapped a virgin territory, because of racist laws, we're the only group that was deliberately, intentionally, left out by laws. We was disabled to participate by laws. No other group can say they have been disadvantaged by laws. All the folks at the border you see, the last two or three years, and, they've been, and by the way, they've been coming for the last 40, 50 years, okay? Laws did not make them impoverished, destituted. Laws didn't do that. American laws didn't do anything to them. America owes them nothing. There's a debt owed here to black Americans. It's a dead hole for the treatment that the government allowed us to be subjected to. But when you're out there hurting yourself, when you're out there doing things that are counterproductive to your own individual and collective growth, well, nobody needs to make any kind of allowances for you, anything aimed at you. Because why? You're proving, you're proving that you, you, you don't believe that you deserve anything. 
You don't believe this user of anything. You're doing everything, everything in your power, right, to undermine your own individual and collective growth. So my hour today is about, it's time for some self-inspection. We as the people need to really look at the things we are doing, things that we control. And I say that because for me to get where I am today, Larry Higginbottom had to change. I had to make some changes in my life. Some things I was doing was counterproductive to what I claimed I wanted. You can't try to rise above your status if you out there, you know, self-medicating, clipping all the time, chasing women, you know, doing things that are frivolous that does not, that, that, that does, that does not bring forth right, productive change and growth. So I had to change. You got to change. And change is an individual effort, neighbor. It's not a collective, uh, a, a collective, a collective up, up, uplift. It's individual. And when my daughter was born in April the 11th, 1991, I looked at myself when I held her in, in, in my arms about 2.30 in the morning. Her mother had a C-section. I had a serious beginning dialogue with myself. I had a dialogue with myself about where I was. I looked out in the space and time and said, okay, what kind of life do you see you having for, the, for, for this young lady and your wife? It was dismal at the most, mediocre at the most. Why? Working for the city at the time. They got to think about 27, 28 grand, gross, gross. And so I knew if I did not make some changes about trying to upgrade my skills and to rid myself and shed myself of those traits and behavior that was kind of productive to my own personal growth, the life I was going to give her is best going to be mediocre. So I had to have a talk with myself, with myself, and to be honest with myself, to be honest with myself. What am I putting myself down, degrading myself? It's about being honest about where I was, what I was into, how I was using my time. And you will have to do the same thing. You know, the late Gil Scott God Heron coined a song in the 70s called Revolution Will Not Be Televised. Some of you might know that. Revolution will not be televised. There's a clip of him in the interview, about a minute, 27, about a minute, 27 seconds, where he explained what he meant by that. I thought, like a lot of folks, right, you, you use the word revolution, right? You're talking about, you know, um, violence, using violence to bring about change. He said, no, it was about your mind. He said, the revolution starts in your mind. Change starts in your mind, in your mind. Not the group's mind, but your mind. It had to start in my mind that I was going to do something different. I was going to develop better habits, more productive habits. It's going to move me forward and not keep me stuck down on this bottom. He said, if your mind doesn't change, you won't change. If people's mind doesn't change, they don't change. He ain't never lied. Look how our mind for many of our people have slipped into the gutter. They got no standards, no shame, nothing they won't say or do and put up, up, the, up there on Facebook. They tell you about all this sexual exploit, oral, anal, threesome, you name it, you know. Our folks would have never done that. They would have never done anything to shame or embarrass the group. 
But now there's no group, group cohesion. There's no group togetherness. The word community should be eliminated. We're not a community. Just a, just a, just, just, just a neighborhood. It's a neighborhood. And this is reflected in how people are behaving. And I want to let you know one thing, neighbor. For being out in the trenches for the last two decades, everything starts in the house. Everything starts in the house with those who conceive those young men and women. The home is where you get grace. You learn etiquette, decorum. You learn that you can fall down and get back up. You learn how to use vocabulary, not profanity. The home is where you are inspired to pursue your dreams. The home is where you are disciplined because undisciplined children become what? Undisciplined adults. That's what it would happen. So the home starts all that. The home is also where you model the love of learning. The love of learning. Nobody's born, right, cum laude. Nobody's born on the road student. Nobody. There's nothing innately, you know, that you can say that. It's all social grooming, baby. All indoctrination. All exposure. All starts in the home. Where they create a culture of learning. Love of learning. Reading. Exploring new things. Exposing kids to different things, situations using vocabulary and not profanity to express themselves. They're not quick to embrace violence or hostility. So the kid learns how to resolve things using peaceful methods. That's all home training, baby. All home training. When you look at kids who excel in school, right, another thing that they're not being said, right, is a constant Overdose of entertainment. In the last 30 years, if you think about it, our community has been fed a constant overload of entertainment. Celebrities. And I say to you, not disparaging them, not against them. Celebrities are not leaders. They're not leaders. Jay-Z, not a leader. Beyonce, Denzel, all right? LeBron, they're not leaders. They chose entertainment, be it acting, singing, playing ball, or whatever, as a way of getting out of the ghetto, getting out of poverty, getting out the hood. They chose that other way to escape poverty. They succeeded whereby most never do. But they're not leaders, but we have been fed a constant diet of celebrities. What they think, who they're with, who they're leaving, you know, their life, Chris Rock, Will Smith. All you got to know about our celebrities, neighbors, one thing. 99% of those those people, right, started like you. Broke with no wealth and no inheritance. They started out broke with no inheritance and no wealth. They had to create their own story, so were you. I had to create my own story. Because when I, too, started out with no inheritance, broke, I had to go and upgrade my skills 
to position myself to live a better life. The reason why a lot of these kids, be they certain famous, certain kids from, you know, Adol's family, American-born black family, be the Caribbean, African, Asian, these are those kids, they are better than your kids. The home creates a, an atmosphere that's what? Pro-learning. They're not saying their kids, they're not saying their kids, you're going to be, be the next, you know, LeBron or the next, you know, Oprah or the next, you know, Denzel. They're not saying that. You're going to be, you're going to be the chemist or the engineer or the architect or the doctor, you know, or the contractor. You're going to have the skill set where you can earn two and three, six figures legally and live very comfortably. But their kids are not pursuing these high-risk occupations like many of our kids. Because the home sets what? It sets the gauge. It sets the temperature. And besides having a great home as a uh, kickstart, there's four things that lead to kids having a healthy development. One is the home. It gets us started. Everything starts there. Second one is your peers. Kids who come out of homes, right, that are grounded, focused, centered, all right, giving them good instruction, good guidance, and discipline, right, affirming them, validating them, encouraging them, exposing them. They also hang with kids whose parents are also doing the same thing. Their peers reinforce what they're being told in their own home. Their peers reinforce what they are being shown and told in their own home. Because why? Those kids are saying the same thing. You heard the saying, birds of a, birds, birds of a feather flock together. You won't see an honor-old kid with a kid who's an F or a D student. Nothing in common. Nothing in common. Second thing, besides their peers, right, how these kids' development are so important during the formative years, teen years, besides the home and the peers, right, the next thing, right, is the environment. The community they live in also reinforces those values, those beliefs, those trends, where you're going to excel and acquire high-income skills. You're not pursuing trying to be an entertainer. The next Oprah, next Denzel, LeBron, or Jay-Z, or Charles, or Shaq. You're not, those, those kids... Those families don't waste time in those kind of in those kind of endeavors. Their kids are being groomed to be engineers, architects, chemists, lawyers, builders, where they know that those skill sets are going to pay you very, very well. You're going to earn two or three six. Two are going to earn two or three six figure set or more. You know, so they know this kid's going to be well off. Our kids, on, on the other hand, it's, it's, give, it's being OD'd on, entain, on like entertainment. They're being bombarded with entertainers. Pursuing something that 99% of them will never, ever, ever, ever achieve. The fourth thing and the final thing, right, is the school these kids attend. You got the home, right, the peers, right, the community, and the school. Their school also reinforced what the home is doing. These kids are in schools whereby they are being, right, exposed, groomed, and socialized, right, to be, right, the elite thinkers and doers. That's right. So everything, right, you know, adds up. These kids' future looks pretty darn bright. And yes, some might fall off. That's right. But as a whole, if you look at how these kids faring and our kids faring, those four things 
don't match up. You know, if we don't understand why you got to look within, understand that self-inspection is needed here, we're foolish. We have been totally left behind. Our legitimate grievance, the guy Dr. King murdered, has been totally taken off the board. Everybody gets their needs met through government intervention but us. And that insult to injury, our personal behavior, what we're doing, right, is kind of productive. Nobody takes us serious. Just entertain me. Entertain me. We're the only group that still will, will deliberately denigrate and degrade themselves. All the racial epithet that was out there when I was a young man in my teens and 20s, all are off the board. All those you describe, Jewish family, Puerto Rican, Irish, Italian, Polish, all those racial epithet off the board. Off the board. But if you want to denigrate your group, American born black, go ahead. Our entertainers can denigrate us, right? And there's no pushback. There's no pushback. Why? Freedom of speech. Freedom of speech. But you try denigrating those other groups, be the Caucasian, Asian, gays, right? Spanish, Indian, you lose your job. You lose your contract. You lose your endorsement. You reprimand it. You got to say, I'm sorry. I apologize. But who apologized to Adolf, a man born black? Who apologized to us? Do our entertainers apologize to us for some of this despicable, deplorable language they put out here in the, in, the, in the airways? Nobody apologized to us. And we have elevated these people to superstar status, right? And they're killing us. Since the, since the 80s with this so-called gangster rap nonsense, also now kids want to be gangsters. Gangsterettes. Females want to be gangsters. You see them on Facebook, YouTube, you know, out there, 30, 40 deep, waving guns, don't show any money, you know, game, game sign. Most of them end up getting themselves killed before age 25. If not that, they're doing 20, 30 years, doing their prime years in a cage called prison. It was really so ironic to me. But even to endorse that kind of behavior, gangster. Our young folks is up against the biggest gangster in the world, the government, American government. It makes laws to make, make what they do illegal. It makes laws getting 20, 30, 40, 50 years in prison. It makes laws to confiscate all their illegal gain, be it money, housing, whatever. It makes laws. But you a gangster? You a gangster? You a gangster? We should have shot down this nonsense when it first appeared on the horizon. But again, being a disjointed people in just a neighborhood, no longer, no longer a community, no longer looking at what's best for the group, image-wise. We allowed this here virus to mushroom. And how many of our young folks have went to an early grade believing this nonsense? 
How many of our young folks have aged out in prison? Believe it's nonsense. And one of the worst things we ever did was to embrace this here, you know, I'm a single parent. I don't need a husband. I don't need a husband. And this whole notion behind single parent, it is worn itself thin, people. You get no credit. You get no kudos. You get nothing for saying, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a single parent. I'm a single parent. Well, let's back up and analyze that statement. Why are you a parent by yourself? First and foremost, you weren't married to him. You were not married to him. Second of all, he had on no condom. You were on no breath control. So it stands a reason, point D, if you two engage in sexual activity, that you might come up pregnant. Yes, I'm just saying. You just might come up pregnant. So responsibility was on nobody's forethought. Nobody's mind about, hey, what if a baby pops out, 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 of this, out, out of this, you know, episode? Wasn't on your mind, wasn't on, on his mind. And now you want to down him or dog him because why? He's not stepping up. He's not what you expected. Well, again, I say, you did not do a good job of vetting him, vetting him, right? Seeing where he was at, what he wanted in life. Did he have, did he have his own apartment? Was he working? If so, what was he, did he have ambition? What's the idea on parenting, disciplining? You had no conversation along those lines. And so you were irresponsible, and so was he. And he wasn't married to you. You know, it's one thing you say, that's my husband, that's my wife. Think about the psychology that goes with that. Compared to, that's my old man, that's my boyfriend, that's my boo, like a plaything of my boo. You say, that's my husband. That word brings what? Responsibility. You're responsible for your family. You're responsible to your woman. You're responsible to your wife, to your children. You are responsible. That's my husband. That's my wife. I stood before God and my friend said, I choose her. I choose him. It's a whole different psychology. And you say, that's my wife. That's my husband. That's my girlfriend. That's my old lady. That's my boo. You're playing house. You're playing game. We wonder why things have totally spiraled out of control. For the last 30 years, 40 years, right, we have made some terrible personal personal decisions. Terrible. Terrible. And nobody suffered more than us as individuals and as a collective community. Because why you make poor choices, right? The community also suffers. Because why? They don't reap your benefit. Because you ain't bringing much to the table. You're not bringing much. It's worth much. So everybody loses. You lose, but the community loses. Because why? You're not reaching your potential. You're just going through life. So I contend, neighbor, it's time for American-born blacks, or Ados, as I identify as American descent of slavery. I thank God for Yvette Carnell and also Antonio Moore. They're, they are the co-leaders of, of this movement trying to fight for reparation and also a black agenda. I thank God for those, those two young folks, what they're trying to do. Wish them Godspeed. Because nobody needs more of an organization to fight for them than us. We don't have anybody. 
not the Urban League, not the Black, not the Congressional Black Caucus, and definitely not the NWACP. None of them. We got nobody. And by the way, you can throw the church in it too. Throw the church in it as well. Nobody. So for all you lay people out there, you know, Joe Regular and Miss Regular, you're on your own, baby. If you don't understand the importance of skills to be comfortable in America, you are foolish. You are really foolish. America is a very expensive place to live. And if you don't have high-income skills to give you options, live where you want to live, go where you want to go, put your kids in school of your choice, you're at the mercy of what? The elements. At the mercy of what? The so-called safety net. And that net ain't saving nobody. It ain't making nothing better. Okay, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. The name of the show is simple. Observation of the Trenches. The station you're listening to is WBCA 102.9. Again, you listen to WBCA 102.9. I'm going to take a break. I'll be back. Let your friends know. And again, it is time for some self-inspection because we are out of order. Many of our adults and children are misbehaving. They're out of order. I'll be back shortly. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> <laughs> and now a speech. I just want to say that friendship is about heart. Heart and brain. Who's with me? Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. And my brain is saying, when it's time to go home, somebody call me a ride. Love that guy. Me too. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. It's time for today's STEM tip. Okay, you know recycling is important. No one wants plastic in the ocean. Here's a cool way to repurpose a plastic bottle. Build an awesome terrarium. Cut a large plastic bottle in half and fill the base with sand, pebbles, potting soil, and your favorite plant. I chose an African violet. Put the top of the bottle over your base and place it in the sun. Your plant will grow sealed in its own ecosystem. Fun, right? Learn more at She Can Stem. A message from the Ad Council. I'm back, neighbor. <clears throat> okay, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom. You listen to W. BCA 102.9. Again, listen to WBCA 102.9 FM. Name is little this hourly chat is called Observation Trenches. Observation Trenches. I speak about things that I see out here is occurring. That for my community, which I'm a member of, American born blacks or ADOS as I identify, ADOS stand for American descent of slavery. We really have developed some bad habits in the last 30, 40, 40, last 30, 40 years since King was murdered. We have developed some bad habits. And I think you know I ain't lying either. And a community that was always ostracized and shunned because of laws that deliberately put you on the outside looking out, looking in, when America was up and coming. That's why you got no wealth. Why you got, that's why we got no, no, no inheritance. You really can't afford to be embracing these very unhealthy, non-productive traits and behavior. One of the things that I think is really, really, really ironic, and I don't know what happened to us, right? When I look at a lot of our black women on these uh, TikTok, 
you know, and also on these platforms. I know that they're beautiful now. They're beautiful now, right? But it's all sexual. It's all sensual. And when they be saying, well, I'll get with this, with this brother if, if he earns 150000 200000 300000 400000 If you do the research, you see that the vast majority of the black Americans, right, men, don't make that kind of money. Even those who are working as firefighters, teachers, etc. you know. So it's like, you're willing to say, if you do my hair, pay my bills, get my nails did, get my toes did, then I'll be, well, I'll sleep with you. Well, come down, I'll sleep with you. To me, it's prostitution. That's prostitution. And many of them on these platforms, TikTok, you know, Facebook, it's like, being, remind me like being at an all-you-can-eat buffet, right? Black women remind me of like being at an all-you-can-eat buffet, all-you-can-eat buffet, everybody eating off them, everybody eating off them, everybody eating off them. Because why? If you pay my bill, right, get my nails did, you know, get my hair did, buy my food, whatever, I'll sleep with you. I'll be a woman. That's prostitution. But nowhere in the rhetoric... Do they say, I only give this, I don't give it with, with, with person A, brother A, because well, I want to build something with you. I want to grow with you. Well, we can get ourselves off the bottom. Well, we can elevate. Keep in mind that 95% of all black Americans start what I call a humble beginning. Humble beginning. I mean, no wealth, no inheritance. So you're both starting out right on ground zero. And so instead of saying, okay, let's get together, right? and see what we can do right to elevate ourselves. We both can prosper. We both can be comfortable, meaning that what we want, we can get. Where we want to go, we can go. Having life on our terms. It's like, no. I will sell myself to you if your income is at X or B. And I look at the rappers that they have elevated to stardom Cardi, you know, you know, Cardi, you know, Cardi B, your girl named Glorilla, number few. Are you kidding me? As a father of a female, I would not want my daughter to emulate that nonsense at all. There's no standards, no standards there. And you look at look, listen to the, the lyrics, right? It's all sexual. They tell you about this sexual exploit. When did we as a people become a kiss and tell society. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you when. It's the 1980s. All these folks burned out, born in 1980, right? To now, just listen to them. They have no problem putting all their personal business on Facebook or TikTok. Who they did it with, how they did it, who husband they slept with, who wife they slept with. That was never us. Our parents, 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 parents born in the 20s, 30s. 40s and 60s, right? They weren't doing that nonsense. They were not perfect, not angels, that's true. But they was not embarrassing the group like that, humiliating the group like that. Because all of a sudden now you're supposed to be independent. You're free to do what? And we have elevated people to, to so-called stardom status. For the most part, they bring nothing to us. 
They bring nothing to the collective uplift of the group. And so we are hurting ourselves. Many in our community are hurting ourselves. That's why, if you think about it, that's why I don't use the word community anymore. It's a neighborhood. Because most of black Americans who have the who have the wherewithal and the means to get out the hood, they're gone. They've taken their kids and they're gone. Many live outside the city. And those who do live in the city, right, who own homes, right, their kids don't play as your kids. Their kids, in most cases, don't, don't go to the same school as your kids. If they're, not on, if they're not at Metco, you know, or Catholic school, they're not being around your kids because they know your kids are not being properly nurtured, socialized, and parented. And like many of the parents of these kids, of these kids, many of these parents were also not properly parented or nurtured or provided for. But those black Americans, right, in the know, who have the wherewithal, they're not hanging with you. They don't want to be around that kind of nonsense. It is definitely, definitely appalling to see in these major cities the carnage that the poor, our poor, is wreaking on each other. Be it Baltimore, New York, Chicago, Atlanta, New Orleans. Look at our young folks and what they're doing. You must always remember, neighbor, that these young people came out of somebody's home. These young folks came out of somebody's home. They were conceived by somebody. I used to say, I'm sure most of y'all did too, or many of y'all did too, well, these parents, you know, they're doing the best they can. They're doing the best they can. I don't say it anymore. I said, no, your best was not good enough. I'm sorry. Your best was not good enough. Look at what you have look at what you have unleashed into the community. Look at your children. Look at your grown men and women. Look at the spirit that you have unleashed into the community, raising none but havoc. You failed. You failed them. You failed us. You failed yourself. Because why you did not recognize. Most important job you ever have is processing, developing, socializing your children to be productive men and women in the community. Because they're going to be adults longer than they were children. And most of these same young men and women end up giving the state 20, 30 years in their prime. Because why are you going to be a gangster or a gangster rat? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's time for us to have some self-inspection about the stuff we are doing. White folks aside, they're going to be who they are. They're going to be who they are. I'm not worried about them. The spirit of white racism is well. It's going to always be here. White supremacy is the foundation America's built on. That is what it is. White racism is always going to be here. It's going to be here. But much, much you aid, aid in the bed, you being annihilated, being destroyed by your behavior, being lawless. It's one thing I tell the young men that I counsel, 
we having lunch or whatever, you know, walking around the park or shooting hoops. I say for Ado's male or American born male, these things you should not do. If you are uneducated, unskilled, and lawless, America is very unkind to you. It's going to treat you very harshly. If you are, again, 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 if you're uneducated, unskilled, and lawless, America has no mercy on you. Although it created the environment and condition that got you that way, but you end up paying the price. You end up paying the price. Because you're not properly nurtured, guided, socialized, indoctrinated about the country you live in. What it takes for you to navigate this terrain called white supremacy, racism. And so it's like feeding chicken to a gator. You don't stand a chance. And you call yourself a gangster? You're up against one of the biggest gangsters known to man, the American government. It makes what you do illegal. It can also confiscate what you what you have acquired, right, through illegal means and take it from you. And it takes what your youth. You sit in a cage during your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, riding away. You come back out to the community, you ain't worth nothing to nobody. You ain't worth nothing to yourself. But you're a gangster. Come on now, people. It's time for us to really hold us to a high standard. And why are we in this mess? No standards. As the late Gil Scott Heron said in, in, in his interview, talking about the song he wrote from the 70s called Revolution Will Not Be Televised. Remember that? Revolution Will Not Be Televised. He said, in that song, it was never about violence or overthrowing the government. It's about your mind. Revolution starts in your mind. It starts in your mind. Revolution. That's what it started with me. Because like many of you, I was just, I was just whole humming, I just whole humming, just, just you know, you know, just, just, just going through the tulips, taking my time. I got married in 1990, had my daughter in 1991. I took a serious look at myself. I took a serious look at myself, and I asked myself, what kind of life would I be able to give my daughter at my current state? And the answer that I came back with, right, was nothing. It's going to be just a whole hum existence, whole hum, barely making it, just getting by. And so, if I wanted a to make sure she had a better chance, I provide a better thing for my wife, and I had to go back and upgrade my skills. There was no getting around that, neighbor. No getting around that, not for me, and not for you. The reason being, we were locked out deliberately. Our parents were acquiring wealth when America was up and coming. We were locked out by laws. We are the only group in this country with disadvantaged by laws. Only group. None of these immigrants, be the Irish, be the Italians, be the Jewish, none of these folks were locked out of America during her heyday up and coming but us. That's why in Boston, other cities, everything, everything's booming. Why does the other group got wealth? They got wealth. Passed down through generation. Passed down. We got nothing. That's why kings out there fighting for us to become citizens 
all the perks and benefits of whiteness that included access to capital, quality education, homes, access to city contracts, state contracts, federal contracts, private contracts, the trades, high income position. He wasn't just fighting for you to have the right to vote. Voting does not pay your bills. Don't pay my mortgage, my car note. Do not allow me to absorb my daughter's you know, tuition for college. Voting didn't do that. Voting won't feed you. Only your skills will. Because America is based on what? Capitalism. Capitalism. There's two important components of this thing called capitalism. One is capital. One is labor. The federal government made sure that black Americans was going to be locked out of capital opportunities through laws. So the only asset you got right now, neighbor, like I, is your labor. It's your labor. You, your labor. And so if you cannot extract top dollar for your labor, you're going to struggle. That's why I would keep saying, for us, you must, you must, you must Acquire high-income skills that are essential. Whereby you go in the marketplace and you can extract top dollar for your labor. And from that, you can also start to acquire wealth and investment. Without it, right, you're not going to do well on the job making 15 or 20 bucks an hour. That's now the new minimum wage. But listen now, 15, 20 bucks an hour is now the new minimum wage. And you're not going to fare well. And in fact, with all these illegal, illegals around here, they don't need you for that. They don't need you for that. There are folks come across that border who take it for less than that. So you have been removed from what? Entry-level entry level, entry, entry level labor and also cheap labor. You, you know, you're not needed, period. And so... If you don't take a look at you to say, what am I doing that keeps me locked down here on the bottom? What am I doing that hurting me? I had to do that 30 years ago. My daughter's now 31. I had to look at myself and be honest with myself. First thing I, I came to realize, America is a white man's country. They own all the wealth. They own all the wealth, period. Institutions are theirs, period. It is what it is. You don't get mad about it. It is what it is. So how do I, given, this, given the history of our relationship, how do I navigate that and be able to extract top dollar from my labor and be comfortable in a country that we built into the wealthiest country in the world? How do I do that? I must be highly skilled. I must be highly skilled. And I don't mean going to college either. There are many technical and vocational skill will pay you top dollar, one, two, or three, six figure salary. And neighbor, when you're on that level, America's a nice place to be. Trust me on that. It's a great country. I've been, able, I've been blessed to travel. You get no pushback from me. She's a great country. She, she is. And having sufficient wealth to be comfortable, when you have sufficient wealth to be comfortable, comfortable in this country, she is a great place to be. Why? You're going to live where you want to live. Send your kids to school of your choice. Okay? Eat when you want to eat at the restaurant of your choice. You ain't no subsidies or no vouchers 
for no food stamp. Right? You command your own ship when you got high income skills that the market needs. And so I've just come to the conclusion that we need to really have some self-inspection about what we're doing. Many of our people ain't gonna make it. It's, you know, you know I ain't lying. Many of them are not gonna fare well. Nor are their children. Nor are their children. Because their children are being exposed to a virus of what? Just getting by. Mediocre. That's all. That's why many of them don't do well in school. Many of them have no skills that, that, that's viable or important in the marketplace. Everything comes back to the home. I said before, there's four things that determine how a young man or woman going to turn out. Four things determine how our kids going to turn out. One is the home. The home is the foundation. The home is the foundation. The peers. Do the peers emulate what you've been taught in your home? Third thing is your community. Do your community reinforce what's being said and expected from you in your home? Does it? And the founder of your school, the school, school that you attend, are they also reiterating what's been said in the home, expected in the home? If those things are in alignment, those young men and women, for the most part, are going to fare better than kids who are being exposed to a world of entertainers, entertainment. She's what I call these high income, these highly at risk position. They will never, ever obtain. Now, I played sports, young man. And I remember my father telling me and my uncles and another caregiver said, Larry, what if you're not one of the lucky ones? What if you're not chosen to be NBA? Just what? I'm just saying, what if it don't happen? Don't you still want to live good? I said, yes, I do. Okay, then. You must also have skills that if it does not pan out, you still can be what? Comfortable. Comfortable. I played. I played. High school, college, I played. But I also knew I need to have me a skill set that's going to pay me very well. I, too, had to go back and upgrade my skills. I thank God I did. I thank God I'm in the field I'm in, mental health. The, com the company I got, the contract I got, Contract with Medicaid and also with DCF, state provider. I thank God for that. It allowed me not only to take care of myself, my wife and my daughter, but we got about 25 folks that we contract with at, at, with, at, at, uh, at, at uh, Osiris. Because why? I had to what? Reinvent myself. I had to have a change of heart. Things I was doing were not conducive to me being all, all I could be. Because I reached my potential, I'm able to bless other people, share with other people by that. But if you understand, if you don't understand the importance of why you need to look within, something wrong with you. If you're not where you are, look within, as I had to. As the minister, the late Miles Monroe said, he was a minister, he said something very profound. He said, the graveyard is full of folks who had potential. The graveyard is full of folks who had potential. You don't want your potential neighbor to go to the grave untapped and undeveloped. Which means you have to be about 
change it. What are you doing that's not allowing you to thrive and excel? Who's in your mix for your friend? They're not doing things that's conducive to you being elevated or uplifted. You got to go. Got to go. Because if you don't understand, you can't be trying to thrive with folks you just want to get by. Doesn't work well. Never have, never will. You'll never see a kid who's, who's an honor old kid with a kid who's a D student. They got nothing coming. This kid knows he got a future. So the D student, he's just getting by. He don't have the skill set to be studious. So he want to be entertainer, a singer, ball player, whatever. So again, I'm your host, Larry Higginbottom, in these last minute or so. Hope you enjoyed my conversation. I'll be back next Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Tell your friends. We'll never, uh, you know, tidbit of what I'm seeing out here. Again, you're listening to WBCA 102.9 FM. I'm your host, I'm your host Larry, Larry Higginbottom. Name of the show, Off the Basement Trenches, from the Trenches, baby. From the Trenches. And so keep in mind now, right? If you don't change you, Nobody's coming to save you. Nobody. Until next next Wednesday 6th, God bless you and be safe. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass., 02119, attention WBCALP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617-708-3241 or email us at radio at bnntv.org.